This week's episode is brought to you by Bureau Veritas. At Bureau Veritas, each and every member of the team is by your side to help you navigate your decarbonization journey. This is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante Martin, and today we're going to talk about two words that start with O that can help shipping cut its greenhouse gas emissions today. What are the two O's? You're going to have to keep listening to find out. In our last episode, we talked about shipping's hurry-up-and-wait problem. Vessels step on the gas to get to their destination quickly, and then slam on the brakes to wait in port queues. There are a lot of reasons why that happens, like contracts that incentivize moving at utmost dispatch, or ports that want those lines of ships because it means the conveyor belt of loading and unloading can continue without any gaps, maximizing throughput. But because ships burn less fuel when they travel at optimum speeds, and because they burn it unnecessarily when they're waiting around at port, it's a situation that leads to greenhouse gas emissions that are frankly a waste. And that means that as many focus their attention on new fuels and new hardware for ships, there's a way to reduce their climate pollution now with today's technology. But it's not that easy. Shipping is complex, and there are a lot of stakeholders. There are two interrelated ways that some in shipping are working to tackle this emissions problem. You might call them the two O's, operational efficiency and optimization. Okay, no one calls them the two O's. I was just trying to find a snappier title for this episode. But in recent weeks, we've seen a few key developments on both fronts. This episode takes us to a few places. So we're going to use my favorite form of virtual transportation, the Indiana Jones map sequence. First, we follow the moving red line to Athens, where the Global Maritime Forum held its annual summit. Some 30 companies from across the maritime space signed an ambition statement committing to unlocking operational efficiencies that the forum estimates could cut shipping emissions by 20%. This is Iman Abdallah announcing the ambition statement. She's Global Operations Director at Cargill Ocean Transportation, the shipping unit of commodities giant Cargill. Today we're here to launch an ambition where 30 companies have rallied and have a dream to make this ambition a reality and make it come true. The ambition is to capture the benefits of a very low-hanging fruit. Um, in our maritime industry, everybody is talking about decarbonization and achieving net zero, especially with the IMO's recent ambition and new strategy, which is to achieve net zero by 2050. But how are we going to get there? And while the world has been focused, and most of the industries, including ours, have been focused on um, looking for what is the future of fuel, what is it going to be, what is the new ship design, a group of companies came together and realized that the maximum gain will come actually from operational efficiencies. We believe that 30% of our existing emissions could possibly be reduced if we manage to operate more efficiently. Now, that's a lot easier said than done, and this is what we've realized. And then there's optimization, the use of technology to run ships on routes and at speeds that reduce fuel consumption, and therefore, cut emissions. One of the leaders in optimization, the software company Zero North, recently announced that it was joining forces with Alpha Ori Technologies, which also has optimization software, but is best known for its hardware 
like sensors that collect the data needed to run ships more efficiently. I wanted to talk to Abdullah because she and Cargill are involved in both. The company is a signatory to the ambition statement, and it's a major shareholder in Zero North, where until recently, Abdallah was a board member. Oh yeah, and Cargill operates some 700 ships, so she knows something about the challenges. I caught up with her over Zoom while she was at the World Ports Conference in Abu Dhabi. I don't think we will be able to eventually achieve our ambitions unless we tackle our inefficiencies as they are today. As an industry, we need to simply put, consume less fuel. How we do that, that can come in different shapes and forms, but ultimately that has to be the goal. So, because we need to work on both aspects, but in parallel. Yes, we need green fuels, but I need to make damn sure that I consume a lot less. So, and how do I consume less? By everything that we're trying to do, right? You, you look at your asset and you do all the energy saving devices and you look at your route and you optimize your route, but then what goes is, what good is that optimization? if it's not from beginning to end. So optimization of routes and speeds is part of that, but it can't be the only part. Abdallah told me to think of voyage optimization like Google Maps. You get in your car and you put your destination in the app and it will give you the option of the fastest route and maybe a more fuel efficient route. That's the one with the little leaf symbol in the app. And it will factor in traffic congestion. But imagine what happens if you follow Google Maps and as you approach that destination, you get stuck in a line of cars at, for example, a highway off-ramp, and that's just like those port queues. If you didn't have to wait in a line of cars or ships, you could have taken an even better route, travel at a more fuel-efficient speed, and arrive at your destination on time. This happened to me a few months ago when I went to a concert across the street from an NBA playoffs game in downtown Miami. Traffic was gummed up because people were all arriving at both events around the same time, and there was no way around it. The Global Maritime Forum Ambition Statement looks at operational efficiency from several angles. Data collection and transparency, changes in shipping contracts, launching pilot projects, tackling ports, terminals, and value chains, and culture and leadership within the industry. So I offered Abdullah my imaginary magic wand that could change one thing. What would she choose? It's the data and the integration of data across the value chain from beginning to end. You know, because if, if you do have the data and you do have the transparency around lineups and congestion and arrival times and ETAs, et cetera, et cetera, that, that will be the key to the solution, ultimately. In our last episode, we talked about one part of that, tech companies that are working to tackle port time optimization. And companies like Zero North are working to optimize routes and speeds and vessel performance. But what if you brought all of that together and more? This is, this is the world that... I, I imagine, and this is where I'm hoping that we can, you know, that we can achieve, and this is where I would want us to be as an, as an industry. In a world where all the ports are interconnected, where ships moving from one point to the other, they need to register their ETAs, where are they going? And then you have one platform, you know, where everything is being optimized um, and synchronized at the same time. Bringing so many companies together in the Global Maritime Forum ambition statement is a start, and Abdallah said one path will be to have more pilots that follow the example of the port of Newcastle in Australia, where instead of getting in port queues and issuing what's called a Notice of Readiness, or NOR, ships can use a virtual NOR. The goal is to reduce the number of ships waiting in port by ensuring that they arrive when there's a berth available to them to load and unload their cargo. But there's another problem shipping contracts, and their split incentives. Contracts have an arrival window, and vessel operators want to make sure they hit it so they get paid 
and are not the ones responsible for any waiting times. And Abdallah says the problem starts with the underlying commodities contracts, which have loading and unloading terms. So that's why we're say, I'm saying it starts with the terminals. Terminals need to change their approach. They need to not penalize ships for arriving early or late. Instead, work on one common objective on the ship arriving when it needs to arrive. But also the problem is that there is a conflict in priorities because ports, ultimately, they want to maximize throughput. And the only way for you to maximize throughput is by always having a good handful of ships waiting outside. And she said contract terms have to be revamped to incentivize behavior on both sides that reduces fuel consumption, that have data transparency and standardization, and that include those virtual arrivals. Any solution that requires you know, cross-sector collaboration and looking at a bigger picture versus looking at my own PNL becomes a much more challenging goal to achieve. Now we're going to head to Singapore, where I wanted to talk to Rajesh Uni. He's well known in the maritime world for his role as founder of Synergy Marine Group, a major ship manager. But he's also got another job as co-chief executive of Alpha Ori Technologies, which spun off from Synergy and is gearing up for that tie-up with Zero North. He told me that the two companies started talking about joining forces some time ago. We were basically discussing on what could be the best for the industry and what could be that, you know, how can we do greater good uh, for the industry as a whole? And, and the second question was, are we really, are we all about control or are we about actually doing something that can benefit everybody? Uh, and then the third part was, what are the skill sets that you have and the, what are the capabilities that you're trying to build going forward? One benefit of bringing the two companies together are the massive fleets of their shareholders. Alpha Ori has the backing of Singapore's giant BW Group and its tanker unit, Hafnia. Zero North has not only Cargill, but also Denmark's AP Muller Holding. But the main thing about what's expected to become a merger of the two companies is the marriage of Zero North's strength and optimization software with Alpha Ori's hardware, which involves putting sensors and other technology to turn a vessel into a smart ship, providing data that makes optimization more powerful. Uni said that the combination of that digital technology with sensors could bring 15% fuel savings, and that's a conservative estimate. He said some see 20% to 25% reductions. It was not many years ago that packing a vessel with sensors to make it a smart ship seemed a far-off dream for a conservative industry. And still the vast majority of ship owners have not adopted this tech. But Uni said he believes in a hyperbolic curve that is started by the first movers that believe in changing the industry for the better and tackling decarbonization head-on. But I think time and everything is about timing. You talk about Netflix. I mean, people had similar ideas before, but the reason perhaps Netflix succeeded is because they timed it well when this whole internet era boomed out and people could zoom in and get. And I think we are in shipping, we are at the similar time because if you look at the bandwidth that's coming online and expanding Starlink and the others that are coming, um, you will find uh, there is this connectivity between ship and shore is enabling a lot of these innovations to go at scale. So... And second, I think that we have gained enough momentum uh, now and people are looking at us as an industry. The consumers are looking at us as an industry see, to see what are you guys doing in terms of reducing the carbon footprint. But he also said that people in the maritime industry can see that climate change is real. Uni's a mountain climber, for example, and he can see the receding glaciers when he's climbing in the Swiss Alps. Others can see rising sea levels at their beach resorts when they're on vacation. However, when I asked Uni what barriers there are to adoption of technologies that can reduce shipping's carbon footprint today, he said that what needs to change is mindset, company culture, and acceptance, even by seafarers on board ships, 
of a new way of doing things. The fundamental thing is the purpose. Do you as an organization believe this is the right thing to do? We need to do this and we need to accept that the returns are not going to be significant compared to buying and selling a ship or you know doing other things. So first is the belief. Second, what? how do I see that now? And how can I use that to make my job easier and perform better? Those insights I need to see. At the, at the ground level. I'll give you a classic example. I mean, you have optimization, right? We rolled this optimization program and initially we saw compliance from shipboard team to be in the 20 percentage, right? Between 20 and 30, right? And it's not going to move the needle. And it's not because the, the seafarers don't want to adopt it. Let's be honest. One, they need to have faith and belief in the system because safety is primary to them. And what about regulation? The European Union is about to start requiring shipping companies to buy carbon credits, and the International Maritime Organization has a new net zero target, but has still some work to do to create the policy measures that will guide the industry toward achieving them. To push more in shipping to adopt optimization technologies that would bring more operational efficiency, Oni said there needs to be a price on carbon on top of new regulation. But he comes back to having a different way of looking at the world. It comes down to thinking of future generations. I don't think... When, when you die and anybody comes and talks about how much money you made, I have not been to a funeral that anybody has spoken like that, but people always talk about what's the impact you're left behind, whether it's on people or the planet. So I think if that's one message, if I can say, so let's focus on that. You know, we, we talk about envisioning the future and walking backwards. If that's the same, then perhaps we should envision what somebody is going to speak at your funeral and walk backwards. Here's more on the environment and the business of the ocean. The Green Seas newsletter explored how climate change is reverberating throughout the shipping value chain. The Panama Canal just had the driest October since rainfall records began, leading to more measures to reduce traffic through the waterway. And it's supposed to be the rainy season. And the container liner industry is seeing climate change as a key challenge to schedule reliability. Get the newsletter in your inbox by signing up at tinyurl.com greenseas. As ammonia gains ground as a potential clean fuel, shipping giant AP Moeller has signed a letter of intent to build 10 very large vessels to carry the commodity. Lucy Hine has that story on tradewindsnews.com. Our colleagues at Recharge report that Orsted, the Danish energy giant, has halted two offshore wind farm projects in the U.S. waters. And the supply chain, including the vessels needed to build the projects, was one of the key factors. Read the coverage at rechargenews.com. Music for this episode is by Ehoami from Toontank. Tank.